0: What is going on? This is the Shytown town Pucks. Uh, I'm your co-host, Kyle. We have Kevin and Jordan here today. Um, this episode, we're going to go through a little bit about how the Hawks have been doing. We haven't checked in since the end of the first game, so we have a lot to say. Um, and then we're going to wrap that up and kick it over to an interview we had with the one and only Dave Boland. I'm super excited to bring this one to the listeners. So how are you doing, Kevin? Doing good. Uh, finished Cobra Kai pretty solid season three mm-hmm. solid me too i feel like it just like felt like it didn't end though i'm very disappointed i just know gotta- it
1: was such a tease like is you knew it was the finale when the fight was going on but at the same time you knew it was gonna have a satisfying ending it was just gonna kick it to season four so we'll see about that hopefully uh hopefully season four is pretty dope but other than that dude
0: i turned 29 tomorrow your birthday's tomorrow. My birthday's tomorrow. I didn't have that in my calendar. I know. I now you do. Well, now
1: you have a couple hours to wish me a good happy birthday. Yes. But, but yeah. Besides that, just uh, just trying to enjoy my last little bit of my twenties. How about you,
2: Joe? Oh, you know, you know, you still got another year. Yeah. yeah. Wait a second, dude. Twenty. Yeah,
1: but quarantine years, you know, they go by so fast. <laughs> well, I literally, from like twenty, like. Turning from 27 and just it's gonna blank and not gonna
0: be 30. All because of in a year you're gonna be 30. That's correct, Jordan. Yeah, that is crazy, Jordan. How are you doing? And sorry, everyone. He's hungry, so if he seems grumpy, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, we need a- how are you doing, buddy? Can we
1: can we advertise
0: for Snickers right
1: now? <laughs> no, I'm a Reese's guy. Uh-huh. No,
2: you guys talking about Cobra Kai? I've never watched it though. I uh, I feel like I need to find a new TV show because this season's this year's season of the Hawks is not going to be uh, entertaining enough to keep me uh, shut the
0: fuck uh, up. keeled you over. Take that back. Take it, it back. The Hawks are
1: fun. Yeah. They're a fun fucking team. I wrote it on my notepad. Hawks it's the fun. only
0: note Kevin wrote for this episode. <laughs> the Hawks are fun.
1: Well, I,
2: I can tell sh- you what happens in the season finale. Um, it's not a fact <laughs> I'll tell you Well,
0: that. no
1: shit, but like, I'm going to enjoy the process. Or as we like to say in the Canadian parts, the process. I the, process. I'm joking. I would enjoy the process.
2: It's <laughs> like Kirby Doc didn't have two elbows in his arm, and Belander wasn't watching it from Sweden. That's all right. So no, Jordan's not yeah. doing well. We're gonna move on. Jordan's not doing well. Yeah,
0: not good. <laughs> Wait, can, I mean, Kyle, oh my God.
1: We'll we'll get to that, Jordan. You say that. You bottle it up and you shout it out. Hold it like, on. Hold yeah, on, it. That's Kyle, for
0: the what podcast. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's for the actual podcast. We're not recording. Right. Kyle, what are you up to? I mean, nothing. I'm. I'm, The Hawks are fun. Hawks
0: are fun. The Hawks are fun.
1: I mean, even when there are other teams to play, yes, the Hawks are fun. (laughs) Hey, Jordan, know how we told you to shut up a second ago? We're getting into it now. Hawks are fun. If
0: if we don't sit here and say the Hawks are fun over and over and over again, then all the people listening are going to have to watch the games feel like shit and then listen to this about the games and be like, fuck, I feel like shit again. Yeah, but they can finally like like sympathize that, with how I'm They've been doing it. that for
1: years. <laughs> Done with it. Okay, I, I can still enjoy the Blackhawks without seeing a W on the score sheet. Do you know what I mean? Like I can still be there, be happy. And watching like crazy backhands, Guy Kane, seeing Kurchev just like rip
0: his first goal. Like there's things to be excited about. I should be very clear. The Hawks were not fun until the most recent game when I think the Hawks were kind of fun
2: that I'll, I'll give you that that yeah. was kind of fun
0: and i'm just riding that wave the hawks are fun we have a longer break than we've had all the way till friday like i felt like there should be a game today so like i get to feel like the hawks are fun for like 72 hours i think though
1: i think the offense was like the first game is obvious the offense wasn't clicking now i think the offense is clicking so we're gonna see over city on all these games like it's gonna be wild matchups of like three four games like
0: crazy you know know what the nhl wants they want goals and know what the hawks are doing they're giving the nhl what they want they are you you score five on us every game and our goal at this point of the season is how many times can we score six you know
2: what i'll tell you the hawks defense if you look at it from a personnel standpoint it's relatively strong you got four established nhlers in keith murphy dahan sadorov um and you got your mitchell in rotating in Boquist. Um, Bowden, you know, whoever, I don't think Bowden's played yet. Carlson, so you've got decent um, defensive there. The problem is, and this is where I'm not a huge fan of Jeremy Carlton playing the man-to-man, is you make one mistake, it ends up in the ice, you know, or ends up in the back of your net. They've they, they've played pretty well for extended periods, but now if you have one slip-up, they're, the few slip-ups they make are catastrophic slip-ups and it ends in the back of their net. And, and totally. it's the problem it's, I have with the system. It's not always oh, going to get an okay opportunity from the outside, but we always got someone in front of the net. It's nope. Uh, I made one little mistake and now Barkov is unguarded in front of the net. You know? Yeah.
0: And we're and seeing well, that a lot. We're seeing that the,
1: way too much. I also the want the to NHL, say. In the NHL, if you make one mistake, it can cost you a game. We're seeing many mistakes and we're seeing the price of it on the scoreboard. Yeah,
2: I'm saying with the yeah. system though, the way, the way we play man to it, man, it's There is no backup for you. If you lose your guy, the guy Mm, is wide open in front of the net. I hands down
0: agree. I hands down agree. And I think the other challenge that we're facing is our breakout is is we're going negative. God damn it, you guys. Our breakout (laughs) is shit because of the man-to-man as well. We finally do get the puck on somebody's stick, and the breakout is just this sloppy mess to the point that we've got guys even trying to just dump and chase, but they're dumping it before center ice. It's just it's There's a lack of a break. Play devil's advocate. The D played better
1: in their last game. There's definitely pucks going into a low slot where guys were able to clear it or at least like get two sticks in the way, you know, just creating some interference. But I mean, three PK goals against or three PP goals against isn't going to help you win hockey games. That's plain and clear. Like we have to stop getting penalties. One that's been since game one. We got to stop giving up that many opportunities shorthanded. But what can you do when you're just giving up that many like power plays to like
0: teams who can score? So before we even go there, let's talk about the defenseman. I think it's worth, like, we haven't done this yet. Um, Mitchell I'm, and Zodorov, we have not really dove into on the no, podcast. What do you, what are your guys' initial thoughts on these two? I mean, I yeah. have my thoughts, but I'll kick it over Jordan. You go first. What do you think of the two?
2: Yeah, I'll start. Uh, I mean, I know we've seen Zadorov play. I, I haven't particularly played a ton of attention, attention to his game individually. I've been very impressed. Very Big right. Truth, move well, active stick, move better than I thought. No, he looks like a he looks like a top four defenseman in the NHL. I'm I'm excited about him. Root for a guy. I'd love to see him smoke a few guys who forwards this season. I mean, that'll give me something to cheer about. In Mitchell, he um, I mean, there was always a little bit of concern about his size. He doesn't look that small. Um, I know he's five eleven, not tall, but he doesn't look truly undersized. You know, is five
1: eleven. He seems to be a little no one more talks about
2: that than Boquist. Um let's talk about it. Let's <laughs> talk about it. No, he he moves like an NHL player. He I you know, I I can see why the Hawks are excited about him. why every team was excited about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like the real deal. I mean, you know, again, it'll probably take him a couple of years. It takes a long time for defensemen to really develop and, and reach their peak, but uh he looks like he can be a real consistent Um, you know, a real piece that will be on our blue line for a long time.
0: Yeah. So I feel really similar, like Zadorov, beyond impressed by him again, same as what you said. We've all seen him play. We've all known about who he is. Um, But I guess I didn't realize how much more he is than just a, a guy that, that puts the body on people. He's made some, some, some of the most significant like memorable defensive plays that we've seen this season. Um, He's also made some bonehead plays, but so has every single player on the Blackhawks roster so far this year. But dude, he goes on these like tangents where he's just hit stick city. He'll just hit like six straight guys. Like it's like, he, he forgets that in a good way that there's even a puck on the ice. He's like, I'm just going to play the body. And it was like, hit, 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 hit. And then we get the puck and it's just absolutely wild. I don't think I've ever seen a guy in a Hawks Jersey go on these hit tangents the way that he does. And you have to go back to the Dustin Bufflin days. Yeah, that's the only thing yeah. I think of. Yeah, you're probably right. And then um, Mitchell, I think, um, I'm super excited to see him grow this year. He had a little bit of a rough go at last game, but I think through the first um, four games, he's looked strong. Like he's a, he's going to be a very good NHL defenseman. I'm okay. I was all in on Boquist for a long time. I'm still in on Boquist, but I'm like my excitement for Mitchell has now surpassed Boquist.
1: See, I'm going to go devil's advocate. I think they both look terrible and we should probably trade them like tomorrow for uh what do you say? Package deal. <laughs> bring him back, bring him back.
0: I think we need sod guys. You I know what? Think he's
1: the difference maker that this team needs.
0: <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what the team's <laughs> missing.
1: Clearly is, but, but no, to, you, totally guys, you guys totally right there. No, they look like the best, the most outstanding defenseman besides Murphy at this moment. Uh, right. But yeah. Dude, it was so sick watching how confident, um, how confident Mitchell was in our own zone stripping pucks, and then you strip puck, stripping pucks and then getting it out. It didn't matter clearing off the glass or actually going tape to tape. Like he looked confident in our own zone, so it's hard to find guys that young that are, can do that. But in Kyle's point, I think I said it wrong a couple episodes ago. I think the Hawks were higher on Ian Mitchell than Boquist a couple of years or last year but Mitchell is the one who wanted to stay in college. So they even thought he looked better than Boquist, but, uh, and then Z, he looks like I don't need to
0: bodyguard him anymore. So that's, that's a real <laughs> Jesus good Christ. You never needed to bodyguard him. Get the fuck out of here, Kevin. Uh-huh. So I bet I, I did. <laughs> I've got a
2: question. So here's a hypothetical. The season, I mean, you know, especially after the injuries, we thought this season was going to be an uphill slog, you know, after yeah. the start, you know, nothing's changed that. Um, we've got a couple, I would say kind of duplicative defensemen in Dahan and Murphy, um, you know, to different degrees of durableness, but, um, do you think either of those who likely aren't long-term pieces for the Hawks, at least through a rebuild and through the next, maybe Murphy is, um, do you think it makes sense to try to move one of those, to open up some more ice time for Carlson or Bowdoin, um, or, you know, even, um, Kelly um Ragula, any of these guys with no AHL season, if they're not playing the NHL, they're not getting ice time.
0: Who were
1: you there, saying there about an moving? A, Can wait, you there is names. There is an AHL season, by the way.
0: It'll be in February,
1: right? Yeah, they just released today that they had a schedule, and then they're going to release it uh, tomorrow. But we've already
2: cut this. I am just a, a moron. They've
1: they even had some uh, exhibition. Exquis- they've had some like random games. I I know like the Ducks goals just uh, they played
0: today or like yesterday. There's some exhibition games, but they're going to have a season. I guess regardless, my answer to your question would be no, even if there wasn't a season, because I think every player playing defense right now on the squad in our top 6 now um they have like years left to play like i don't let's, think we're we're i mean the only one that's like old at this point is keith let's but chat about the, fu- the future, the future defense i is z mitchell
1: and uh murphy that's like that's going to be the defense
0: holding us down till 2020 I mean, you could say that about Tahan, though, too. I mean, I know he's 29, but, like, you've got – I mean, Keith is 37, you guys. Like, (laughs) defensemen that that are solid can play into, like, later years than – I don't know.
2: Disagree. Keith
0: is exception. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they're the same as Keith, but I'm saying he's eight years older. Keith is a freak athlete. He could probably
1: play he's 41 at the top level, but, like, I I
0: don't want to see any guy getting – what Seabrook might have been seeing if he was okay. healthy right now. Then the only yeah. guy on that list would be Dehan that maybe you consider that.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, that. that's my answer. That I, I agree with that. Um, it just, you know, we're giving minutes to a guy who I like. I think he's yeah. a great player, but we're giving minutes to a guy who's helping out a team that is, you know, in over its head right now. And by the time this is a team that's going to be competitive again, I think DeHaan's wearing a
0: different jersey. I mean, you're probably, yeah, that's a fair, valid point. I, I just think like, yeah, I I don't know if I think anything different. I guess you're probably right. DeHaan's going to oh, play till yeah. he's 40 and he's going to do it in a Blackhawks jersey and he's yeah, going to waste the cup. Three Norris trophies. <laughs> <the day>. <laughs> Spitting in my coffee in the morning. All right, boys, why don't we shift to goaltending? Cause I feel like there's a lot to talk about with goaltending. So we've seen three goalies in four games, um, I think they said it's the second time we've ever seen that with the Blackhawks. I think I saw some stat like that. So this has happened before, but it's pretty insane. I think we've seen in our first three games, we saw consistency in in bad rebound control, bad holding of the crease. Um, but we also saw some positive from both Suban and and Delia. Um, just not enough. And then we just saw Lincoln in um jump in the net in the most recent game and look very solid in my opinion still gave up five goals but he had some really strong um streaks within that game and he played way more conservatively so what three do you guys make PK. of the goaltending I'll, at this point I'll
1: chalk that up as a extracurricular I don't know if that stat matters but what did you say he th- like three of the goals against were due to us being on the pk so three power play goals against dude it doesn't matter i mean giving up five goals isn't yeah, what what you giving Kyler up that on many like out plays five, Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's, let's only care analytics. about that. No, nothing yeah.
0: matters. Let's be
1: TSN for a moment. Who do you guys actually
0: uh, you don't, dive no, into? it I'm gonna really narrow this down. Fuck Who on. do you guys <laughs> think is the goalie that will see the most starts this year based on what you've seen so far? Uh, I'll go Delia. You still? Think? Him, he's the only
2: guy with two starts. That's got to say something. Every goal he's played now, at least one game, I'm going to go with the one they gave two and the only one to get two in a row.
0: Sure, but Lang- Lankanen only hasn't had a second start because
2: there hasn't been a fifth
1: game yet.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
2: Okay, I, I don't think Delia is the best. If I were to see one person get the most starts, I don't want it to be Lankanen. I think Colin Delia proved, at least to me, has got a ceiling of an NHL backup. Subban has proved to me that he's got a ceiling of an AHL goalie. Uh, Blankin ceiling isn't proven yet. So um, I'd like to see the most of him. He's had success in the AHL. He's the only one to me who positionally sound as an NHL goalie. Um, but who knows? I mean,
0: me so I'm, Kyle, I'm aligned in the sense that Subban yeah. was the worst of the three from what we he's have like. seen. Again, this is such a small sample size of games, but they've played, I mean, Suban specifically has played games uh, close to 60 before this. So like, there's there's games before this but like i mean lankinen looked the best i know it's only See, one game but when you agree my with my thing
1: with kevin lankinen kevin Lincoln looked the best squared up to shooters being able to hold the crease i need him to get out of his comfort zone and out of the crease receiving no. pucks in the back i'm what? sorry i need him i need him to be a full goalie dude there's points where people would dump it in dump it in from the red line and he wouldn't get out of his crease to stop the puck for his defenders. Kevin, we went two not- games
0: in a row with a goalie playing a puck. I and know, not being but, I wanna, but I want mean, to score. Yeah. you mad about the goalie that finally so stayed in his net?
1: Here's, absolutely. And here's fucking why. Delia, the reason why he came out of the net the second fucking time hand, and he said in the press conference, yeah, hear about it. Delia came out and saying, I didn't want the team to know that we're playing against to know that I wasn't going to be afraid to come out of my net.
0: And so how does it was work out for goalie. him?
1: I want a goalie wanting to get shots on him and being a fucking crazy person. I want a guy who's willing to like have the balls to do what needs to be done. If Kevin Lincoln is going to stay in his crease and huddle in his crease the entire game, guess what? He's not going to be starting goalie in the national hockey. That, that's the truth. I'm sorry. He needs to receive pucks if you're at least dumping it in. stop it for your defender. Do something with it. No, not one NHL hockey goalie doesn't get out of his net at some point. The guy literally sits in his crease. Even when it's obvious, just do something for your defenders. Help him out like a little bit. He needs to control. He needs to be like the the quarterback, quarterbacking stuff. He needs to be the guy that can actually communicate with Duncan Keith and say what they're doing. He needs to I, do that. And I think he's
0: going to be the starter. I think you're very, very focused on something that matters very, very little. Because I watched it and it was the one thing missing from his game from being a complete... Uh, no, goalkeeper. no, no. There's I'm a lot like, more missing from his game. He's a young goalie that hasn't proven himself, but like... No,
1: Okay. To say I that he's not going
0: to be an <laughs> NHL starting goalie because he doesn't play the puck as much. Like, he's a more conservative goalie. There was goalie was like point. Just...
1: There was po- I totally understand being conservative. I don't disagree with that. I fucking laugh at Mike. Gordon, uh, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> at Mike Smith every time he fucks the puck up in, like in his trapezoid area. But if he came out of the crease a little bit more and at least had some communication with his defenders and made plays from the back end, I think Kevin Lankanen could be the goalie for the Blackhawks moving forward. He, I think. To me, I thought it was more of him being too conservative in his first I, start.
2: Here, okay, here's what I think in this bigger picture. I think this is somewhat – well, one, the goal thing is going to get better. No team gives up five goals a game for an entire season. So, I mean, yeah. things are going to settle down a bit. Um, Unless it happens. Two, <laughs> I think this is kind of what Bowman wanted to happen. Um you know, work out some young pieces up front and on the D, especially like on the blue line, some defensemen trying to develop. But, you know, as we saw last year, at least when healthy, this is a borderline kind of probably like bubble team out for the playoffs, you know, kind of a bit of a middling team with some good goaltending. If you take away that goaltending, you can still develop some defensemen, you can still develop some forwards, but now you can get a high draft pick. I kind of think this is what um, Stan was going for when he wouldn't re-sign Crow and then decided yeah. to get who's got a track record of, um, you know, subpar performance, and then Delia rolling with those two as your goalies. I think he thought this is going to be a way to help team tank. You know, the best comparison I have in my mind is an MLB team with some young players, and the GM just goes, well, I'm not going to get any kind of bullpen. Because once my hitters and starting pitchers are ready to, you know, you know, become strong caliber players and make the push for the playoffs, I'll just go buy a bullpen and free agency. I, I, know, a I know, but they, Jordan's, it's like a loss Jordan's hungry. To get a higher this,
0: this no, not, I, I, I think you're right. I, I don't I think you're right. Baseball. I still just, I, I think you're right. guys. I think everyone well, agrees with you on that. Like well, this was have, this was not a decision to have like goaltending that's gonna win games by any and means. have
1: you seen the last two years, gents? Like the last two years, there's been goalies coming out of the woodworks that look legit. Like goalies yep. that come Black out of wood. nowhere.
0: Have and- you seen that guy? Okay, but oh,
1: we've got
2: <laughs> too bad track record of being a bad goalie but, but Delia they they pretty much know what they've had in him he's
1: been around but like there's definitely been goalies across the league that have stepped out of nowhere and I think that's what Stan was like hey let's see what we got at this point because you already saw like I think no, the last I 12, think Stan knew what he had it, he's
0: not expecting he, anything to change in,
1: in the last 12 months there's probably been like seven new goalies that are easily in the start new starting positions and look legit And now you saw the crazy free agency of goalies moving everywhere. So I don't, I do understand why he's like, let's see what we got. At the same point, maybe you are in the lose to Hughes, the the third Hughes brother that looks
0: legit right now. You guys know anything about him? No, but Uh, we're going to move to offense because. All right. you You guys
1: need to talk to Chris Peterson more often. We'll, we'll have him Twitter back on. too much.
0: yeah what's hey chris call us <laughs> look i we'll, we'll move to offense i mean like i think we can all agree that the goaltending is at the point of what's the best of the worst and we're gonna see this shake out they they made the decision just before we move on to hold on to all three goalies on the roster hey, because dave, they, don't don't cool. <laughs> they don't want to risk
1: retweeted us it's pretty dope
0: that's cool they don't want to i love dave Dave's, Dave's a cool guy he's a good guy go on Kyle they don't they don't want to risk putting one of them down and through waivers and losing them so like I think we're in a boat of like this team wants to figure out relatively quickly which two they care about the most apparently so they can just make that decision easier but let's let's move to offense so last games probably the first game that we can feel excited about our offense um let's just let's just talk about who we feel excited about and some of the new guys so we got you know, from a new guy standpoint, we got Suter, Kersharov, or Kershav, Kershev, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Wanna try for a fourth time? No, I'm good to go. Probably and then Hagel, Hagel jumped, jumped in there last game. What do you guys feel about this offense right now?
2: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, what do you got? Better than I thought. You know, I thought with um, Strom being our, our top line center. Um, things would be a little bit worse. It was a little tougher against Tampa Bay, but as we know, is the best team in the NHL. Um, you know, they put up four goals the last game. Um, they still have some pieces, you know. If if you look back to last year, I mean, right now, we're possibly, you know, a bottom three team in the league. But then if you look back to last year, we had a, a playoff caliber forward core, I thought. I mean, when healthy. Um, there's still some pieces that... Um, you know, they've, they've held possession better than I thought. They've put up some goals. I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised. I, they are performing better than I thought they would. Um, I, I think Kane's interest level this season is going to be something to watch. I could, you know, at times it seemed like against Tampa Bay that he was almost kind of checking of- out going, you know, this is yeah. what, what am I doing here? And then sometimes against Florida, kind of look back on. It's like, oh, you know what? There's some guys I can skate with. We can have some fun. Um, put up some points, and we're going to lose. You know, I can pad my own personal stats. It's a little better than I thought, and then it, may, it reminds me that this team isn't totally devoid of talent. Um, they're just devoid of talent in some um, critical areas, like center and goaltending. But um, there's still some guys who play hockey on this team.
1: Yeah, you, you build a hockey team down the center, and we have nothing down the <laughs> center. Okay, we <laughs> do.
0: We got crushed within. We do. So settle down. You add Doc and Taves to this lineup, your centers are fun. Oh, absolutely. No, but
1: you yeah, do this. You said the magical words, Jordan. Have some fun. Yeah, that's all the you Hawks need to say,
0: man. fun. Hawks are fun. <laughs> the Hawks are fun. It's really important that you guys hear that message. Boys, why should you ever take a kid that's, being, that's playing college hockey when you can get these guys from international teams that are just like able to be NHL ready.
1: Just cherry pick them.
0: I love Dude, it. Dude, like like Panarin is no like the it. ultimate. Like Panarin, when we got that guy, I mean, you know, we but traded Pan- him rightfully so for Saad, which we should do again. Just keep getting Saad back. I keep getting Saad back. But, but like Pan- he, Pan- he, <laughs> he Panarin, Kershev, these guys, look, these guys look yeah. NHL fucking ready. Like they get on the ice, they have confidence, they're competent – like they, they have to develop and that's clear, but like they look like Khrushchev
1: took one game to get used to the size. It took one fucking game.
0: Kyle, one thing I have to say is, so you're talking about those European
2: guys. So Khrushchev, we drafted him, correct? Yes. We did. Okay. So, I mean, that's an NHL prospect, like Kuba League, um, We didn't. Suter, we didn't. And you're saying, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know why go for North American kids and you got pros overseas. Well, don't forget that I mean Kubalek was a big-time goal scorer in that league. Um, and M- or Suter
0: just won the MVP of that. Um, they're both the MVPs. So, I know. Yeah. let's keep getting them. Yeah, <laughs> I just I know what you're saying. They don't compare. It's not apples to apples whatsoever. I I guess I get what you're saying. But, but it's holy a shit, recipe. Like, these it, kids are like ready to go. Like yeah, they, well,
2: the, the thing is, they're not kids. You know.
0: Yeah, they're they're men.
2: They're, they're, they're men coming over. They, I'm not trying to argue with you, but it's Swiss you know, men. You got you guys in your your mid twenties. not a hundred sixty poundy.
0: You're not wrong. You're it's fair. It's just like when you look at it and you're like, oh, this is a rookie. You get mixed up and you. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's not apples to apples by any means. Um, I don't get mixed up. So you know what? <laughs> I think we should close it out. You go get some food. You cranky old man. <laughs> who do you guys? Who are you most excited about on this offense right now? Besides like the obvious answer of maybe Kane or like Cat, but like who's like a new guy that. That really has excited you so far. Which one of the few?
1: <laughs> which Just, one of the? Which one of the, the, the two, two guys? guys. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Pick one: Suter or Kucherov.
2: I will say Kucherov. Um, same. You know, he's kind of made his name for himself at the last few prospect camps, and um, so I wasn't surprised to see him play this year. I was surprised to see him make this much of an impact, though. You know. There's these guys who you hear about in the pro- the prospect camps, you know, every year, and it's like, oh, he's one year closer, he's one year closer. If you're playing in that many prospect camps and not getting the NHL, usually you've got a ceiling of a, a you know a bottom six player with very limited impact. You know, it's tough to play in the NHL, and everyone's talented, and and these guys would be at the lower end of that. Um, and that's what I was expecting out of Khrushchev. Um, His performance has been a little more, you know, positive you know, pleasant surprise. He, he looks like more than a, a fourth line forward. He looks like more of like a middle six center who can actually contribute some meaningful minutes, um, chip in some offense. And if he really wants to have a niche in the NHL, I mean, compare somebody to a guy we're going to interview in a couple minutes. I mean, Dave Bowen, you know, had skill, not enough to be a, a point per game player in the NHL, um, but had to round out his game to become a really impact player. And I think that's the kind of role Khrushchev could carve out for himself if he's able to develop other, you know, facets of his game aside from offense.
0: I mean, I'm not even going to try to top that analysis. You're spot on. Yeah, right. He's my pick too. The kid looks super comfortable on the ice in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know his goal wasn't the prettiest goal to be his first NHL point, but like that's a confident guy skating in, sh- skating left, shooting right. Like he's just, he will have prettier. comfortable. Yeah, he'll yeah. look prettier, but yeah, he's he's gonna get pretty. He's gonna get dirty, but as the Kenya ice hockey team says, the next one will go
1: bing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know we got. <laughs> we need to do that more, guys. I know. Bing. Before we before we finish up, what do you guys like Kubalik? The kid's a fucking monster, right? He's got a rifle for a stick. Don't you forget that. The best part about that was it was the third shot that went in, right? Yeah. No, load it up. Give it back to him. Give it back to. Dude, he, was, he was he blacked out. He's like if this puck comes to me, I'm I'm swinging. And he dude, and his one timer is so pretty even after the third swing. Like it stayed oh, it's so nice, guys. That
2: I'll tell you what, before I check off here, my highlight of the week was um you know, so we got a lot of bunch of young defensemen and then we got Duncan Keith, you know. His you know, him sharing a locker room with these guys and being the experience, what he can pass down to mobile defensemen. And then there was one, um, you know, one play last game against uh, Florida, and Mitchell had the puck on the blue line. And he's looking to shoot, looking to pass, looking to shoot. He decides to shoot. Fires it right off the shin pads of a guy five feet in front of him. <laughs> making it a 2-1 going the other way. And all I can think is, Duncan Keith has taught him well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man. Yeah, dude. How lucky are these guys though? I'd like to spend a minute with Duncan Keith. Did you see the article that some was it Mark Lazareth posted on that? Like
1: Duncan Keith, like a couple, like eight years ago, was just like a vet didn't want anything to do with rookies. Now he's like fully taken on the mentor role. When
2: the clock yeah. starts ticking and those dad jeans kick in and you just, wanna, yeah, right? like, just want to be a dad. Probably.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. I probably, yeah. He's just seeing Mitchell like his own boy, but <laughs> totally. But okay. So we're, we're playing Detroit here tomorrow. Tomorrow. Game- yeah. War predictions. What do you guys got? Oh, we my winning? fucking we winning W.
0: I, I think we are very capable of beating that, that squad. Um, I do not know if that means we are going to win because if you look at the, if you look Bobby at Bobby Ryan's stats, the leading goals, if, if you, you look the at the stats, like the expected goals that we've been that that should be coming against us do not equate to what we're giving up. So, like, I honestly think it's going to come down to goaltending at this point. If we can see some consistency in goaltending and say out of the box, we win this game. If we don't and we do what we've done the last four games, we probably lose this game, boys. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna say what I've always been saying for the past couple the Hawks of are fun. weeks. The Haw- these games are gonna be fun. They're gonna be chaos. I don't know if the scores are gonna be like one zero or it's gonna be like six to five. It's gonna be chaos,
0: Kevin. It's not gonna be one zero. But when the We're teams are at- more than one goal.
1: Eh, but when the teams are both at this same kind of weird caliber of kind of not there yet, you're gonna see some definitely. You're gonna see mistakes, but you're gonna see some highlight reel goals. It's gonna be. It's going to be a fun matchup. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to crack open a beer, pour a little Sean Malort, and enjoy my day.
0: Jordan, what do you think?
2: <laughs> I don't know how, how I <laughs> a tough with Kevin having mixed beer and Malort. Um, no, I, I agree, though, but um, watching Hawks seems as good for getting highlight real goals. You just hope you're a fan of the other team. Good Lord. Come on. Don't close you. it out like that. Try again. <laughs>
0: Try again. No, I I already told you. I think they win the game if they stay out of the box and have competent goaltending. I don't want excellent goaltending. I don't even want good goaltending. I want competent for sixty minutes.
2: Yeah, I I think they
0: get. They should pick up
2: one here. If they don't pick up one here, then it's um, you know, something's wrong. But you know, Detroit's not a good team at home. Things have looked a little better for us lately. Yeah, this is these are these are very winnable games for us.
1: Detroit's look fine. I'm not going to say they look good, but they don't look like. They did last year, that's for sure.
0: No, we look like they looked last year, <laughs> yes,
1: yes, we do. So, I think it's a very real possibility Detroit can win two of two. Uh, I don't want that to happen, but I think we're probably going to split this.
0: That, that's fine, that means we win a game, yeah. Right, we boys, win a why game. don't we, that don't we kick it over to I the I, I think it's, it's fine, <laughs> we're <laughs> we're
1: having having We have, fun. We have are the best part fun? is we have, we're we having have fun. We're, we have more fun with Boland. So in other
0: stages to denial, I know this isn't one, but there should be one that says I'm having fun because that's where we're at. <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to kick it over. So we had the, uh, the opportunity to have a chat with Dave Boland. Um, we're going to kick it over to that in a minute. If you don't Steve, know Dave, stop listening yeah. to this podcast. If you do know Dave, just keep listening. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I played yeah. 500 games in the NHL, seven of his nine seasons with the Blackhawks. He's an absolute legend in Chicago scoring the um, game-winning goal in the second Stanley Cup we had in 2015. Well, second in that streak of three. Um, super excited to share this with you guys. It's a great chat. He's a great guy. Love, um, love being able to talk hockey with some guys. They were able to help win cups for the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to kick it over now. Dave, thank you so much for jumping on with us.
3: No, no. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Anything yeah. to help out uh, any Chicago chicagonians or uh, anything to do with Chicago. I I love doing so uh I'm up for this.
0: <laughs> so tell us tell us what you're up to nowadays. You told us you're in London. What what have you been doing with your time?
3: Yeah, so right now it kind of sucks uh hanging out. Normally during the summertime uh here in London, we have a good uh, golf crew of guys that we golf with and uh we got a good bunch of guys. So like Drew Doughty comes back here, a few other NHL younger guys come back and uh but then just a mix of other guys that I've met in London, so we all hang out here like Brandon Prost uh, that played for the Rangers, Vancouver, Montreal. Yeah. He's a good buddy of mine. Um, so we, we all hang out here and uh, we have a good crew that we hang out with. And uh, during the summertime, it's great. We uh, we go golf and uh, have beers and have a lot of fun uh, during the wintertime. And we normally, they uh, have got the London Knights here, the team that I used to play with in the OHL. So uh, my good buddy, Dylan Hunter, he's a, uh, He's one of the, uh, the head coaches there and, uh, we normally go watch them and I normally go and help them out and do little things with them. But, uh, with all this lockout and all this stuff going on, uh, it's pretty boring right now. So, uh, there's nothing much to do.
0: Just hunkering down and watching Netflix. I think I've watched every episode of everything on Netflix and Apple TV. So, uh, <laughs> I, Chicago, start with some new shows. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat, Dave. I honestly do. Yeah. Um, the, the, the very first topic we want to fire off with because this is really, really important to us. And I know it's probably important to you. Who has the 2010 Stanley Cup puck? Who has the? Puck? I
3: don't know who has it. I don't know. I always thought Pronger took it, but I always thought Pronger took it and he always kept it. But I think I watched uh, an episode of. Uh, I think I've seen uh, uh, on I've seen YouTube there's here, a guy and, uh, maybe seven, seven years ago. Him, he so. basically did a breakdown. I don't know. Where I don't like, uh, I'm not like, sure on either someone of might have, everything of that happened, happened in the, the situations or, of who could have walked off. Oh, the ice I don't know. The it's, it's it's crazy. And there's
1: like eight different possibilities. Uh, I think they confirmed that, like a line judge definitely had it and took it off the rink, but
3: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I heard yeah. that it's probably just thrown in the, the bucket with the rest of them. And they use it in practice, having no idea. It's like the Holy grail of Chicago hockey.
3: Yeah. A hundred percent. So I, I like, it would be nice to cool. It'd be cool to have it and to uh, have something that we could throw in Chicago for, uh, for that long time. Was it 46 years that, uh, the, yeah, the uh, Stanley cup, 49 years that, uh, that, that we didn't win the Stanley cup there. So, uh, I'm glad that I was part of that 2010 team to do that. So it was a huge, huge accomplishment.
0: Tell us about that, that first that you won. Um, I mean, I think it's everyone's ultimate goal that either loves hockey, you know, it's still my goal and I will never be there (laughs) because I suck at (laughs) hockey, but I think it's everyone's goal. So, you know, going back to 2010, you're sitting on the bench, you see Kaner go down the ice, uh, like wide on the side and and start celebrating after he shoots it. What, what went through your head? What did you feel like, what was it like being on the bench?
3: Yeah, it was just to be a part of it Uh, for any kid. I know for any Canadian kid, it's, you grow up to, uh, to, to be a hockey player and to make the NHL. And uh, we used to use uh, pylons on the street as Stanley cups. And uh, like that, that, those were, those were the biggest things and scoring the, Game-winning goal and doing the whole thing was 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 a huge thing in Canada. So uh, to be a part of the Blackhawks and to do it in Chicago um, was huge. But just going back to uh, Kaner's goal, uh, it was it was crazy going into uh, that overtime, and I think it was crazy just with the goal and with uh, with how it all went down because I think a lot of people didn't know if it went in the net or where it went. So we were all kind of flustered, and a lot of guys coming off the ice sorry off the bench on the ice we're kind of like do we take our gloves and sticks off do we hold on to it because i know i think i held on to mine for a little bit and you can hear i think it was caner and sharpie yelling it went into that it would look and real um, silly we didn't believe it was kind of we were kind of up in the air uh, air there throwing our shit off or leaving <laughs> it on uh and then we basically just threw our shit in the air and we knew it was in the net so uh yeah yeah no 100% when you're grabbing your gloves and doing the whole uh, shit and go in and you gotta line back up and do the whole thing so wanted to make sure that it was in the net but uh it was in and uh it was it was a lot of fun
2: tell us about the plane ride home after that I mean everyone knows that was a young team with a lot of characters that had to be a heck of an hour and a half two hour plane ride back home after having going through that
3: no, no, hundred percent. So after the game's done, uh, you go in the dressing room, and the dressing room's all plastered up uh, with uh, with plaster all over it. So when you're spraying the champagne and you're throwing drinks around, um, you don't get it all crazy. But we basically just ripped it all down and didn't really give a shit. And uh, we we partied pretty good. We had a we had a fun time. So we partied there for a little bit, but then once we kind of came as a team, we said, "Hey, let's let's get out of here. Let's get back to Chicago and celebrate in Chicago because." Nobody really wants to spend the time in Philadelphia. There's nothing great <laughs> going on there, so um, so we hopped on the plane. Once you get on the plane, there's beers everywhere and everything's flowing. Uh, there was, it was just a, a fun ride home and the cups right there. The Con is there with Kaner. Uh, everything's sitting there and it, it was it's just a it's just a hell of a time uh, going through a whole season uh, battling with uh, friends and basically a family of of team there uh going how many games and everybody's injured you see guys with ice packs on them and it's it's just to sit down and relax and crush a few bud lights was uh was probably the most relaxing thing <laughs> after that
0: how, how do you think the second cup felt compared to the first like how would you describe the feeling of winning the second does it surpass it now that you've won two or is it not comparable uh, to the first? it was
3: a whole lot it was a whole lot lighter um when you lifted it i know that uh <laughs> it, it, the first time you grab it you're like you don't know because you don't, don't want to touch it you don't want to grab it you don't want to do anything before it but um but uh but the first time you grab it was you thought it was like oh it's heavy but it's actually pretty light and then the second time you grab it you, you kind of already have that feeling you already know that hey this is lighter and uh it's just you just think about how much fun you had on the first it's one the to, best party the man. second one the things that you didn't do on the first one to so things you can do with the second one, and I hope so. Uh, we we had a lot of fun yeah. on both of those Stanley Cup parades and parties, and uh, it was a heck of a time. Uh oh, there was tons of parties. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I sure, as yeah. hell hope so. Yeah, it, it, like the, the best part was always bringing it back to Chicago right after, and and hitting the bars and having the fans travel around with us. And I remember we'd be we'd hop in the limo, and there'd be fans everywhere i remember fans running down the street from from one side of chicago to the other side of chicago if we were going to a bar that was a little bit further and there'd be fans running beside our bus and like grabbing on and almost almost hitching a ride so it was uh it it, it was unbelievable and it it was it was great to do it in chicago uh and to do it for chicago fans so that that was the special thing about it yeah uh, close to i'd say (laughs) (laughs)
2: Does it feel any different having scored the game-winning goal for the second one? Does that make that one any more
3: special in your mind? Uh, it it does and it doesn't. Uh, winning your first Stanley Cup is probably one of the biggest things. Like you said, like growing up is that's something that you dream of and that's something that you 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 always think about uh, is winning that first Stanley Cup. But in the second Stanley Cup, for me, was scoring that game-winning goal uh, and doing that to win the Stanley Cup was was big as well and and it it was huge too because that shortened season uh you you didn't really know what was going on in that season and uh and to have that season come around and and to be there and be like oh like we're playing now uh okay so we gotta get ready for this season I know I was traveling to Cabo and uh and and (laughs) Florida and uh, because every time they'd be like okay like okay we're we're not talking for 2 or 3 weeks so then you'd be like okay well i could take a little bit of a break get back on the ice get back in the gym and kind of stay with it but um, but yeah like winning the Stanley Cup goal was sorry scoring the Stanley Cup goal was 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 big and was was fun and and uh, it was a uh, it was a heck of a time that time too
2: so tell us you you took off your gloves right after scoring that goal <laughs> with about a minute left yeah. what was going through your mind when you did that
3: yeah, yeah. So like, I, I, everybody asked me about this, and um, so after after the puck went in, I think it was Boychuck, He kind of chopped down on my arms, and once I saw it in the back of the net, I was kind of like, "Oh fuck it!" Like, what do I have to care about this? Like, the, game's, <laughs> the game, the game, the game's done, and there's nothing. Like, what about what do I have to worry about? So uh, once he chopped it down, I tried to pull the first time, and I just said, "Ah, oh, screw it!" So I just let my gloves go and wanted to celebrate with my teammates, with Cruz, and. Pro and everybody else that was on the ice. So, um, that, that, that was just kind of like a, fuck it. Uh, the game's done. We won this already. So, uh, but it's pretty funny that when it did happen, um, I kind of went back to the bench and did the, did the old down the line and and with the teammates and I was trying to get off. And Quimby was like, no, 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 go back out there. Go back out there. I was like, fuck that. I'm like, I'm not going back out there. Cause if they score on us, then it just, just, Takes it all away from me, but uh, but uh, I went back out, won the draw, got the draw back, dumped it in, and got right off the ice. And I think Caesar came on, so it was uh, that was a fun time. That was fun. It was great, great winning uh, the Stanley Cup in Boston too.
2: Okay. I, I mean, one more on this team to, to settle the debate: if the 2010 team were to play the 2013 <coughs> team,
3: which do you think was 20, better? 2010. Do you? Yeah, 2010. I'd have to say 2010 team is better. Uh, Someone else asked me that too. I forget who, uh, another Chicago podcast uh, asked me that as well. And I just think our 2010 team was full of depth, full of strength. Uh, We had everything from top to bottom. Uh, I think just the whole structure of, hey, if you wanted to play a a goal scoring game and you wanted to play an up and down game, we were there. Um, If you wanted to fight, uh, you want to play a tough game just, or a dirty game? That was the most we also team had I've players in my entire life. Step like, in and play that. And I think we had a whole bunch of roles that that fit in with that team, and it was just, I. That's what I think. Sorry at all. Well. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think that was that, that Calgary game. We They were up 5-0, yeah. wasn't
2: it? By, by the way, is was that an OG?
3: And we came back uh, in 6-5. 6-5, six, six, right
1: No, 6-5, and over five, five, six,
3: five,
2: five, six, five, five. Right? 6-5, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So clean. Mm. So. <laughs> so nice. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They're fresh. <laughs>
3: Just Purple.
0: Dave, we've read some pretty fun stories about you with the cup. Um, I don't remember if it was after the first or the second, but there's some interesting ones. Um, one including yeah, yeah. the cup potentially falling between two buildings.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we're at my house. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I got the. I actually knew the the cup keeper. He was actually from my hometown in Toronto. Oh no shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he. So there's a curfew normally at twelve o'clock. <laughs> uh what do they do if you go past, past stories with uh, a lot of people um <laughs> the cup's been at the bottom of pools uh lakes uh it's just been a mess so they're on it thank you mark <laughs> mess oh, they, they, yeah 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 <laughs> so they, they that, so that, they don't let you keep it past midnight so uh they they're, they're always like no nah, you gotta take it. oh yeah That's yeah it. they're on it like they're 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 tight with it they don't want anything coming out or anything yeah. happening. So he, he was kind of like, ah, oh, he's like, don't worry about it. Like <laughs> you can keep it a little longer. And you know what happens? You know what happens and after things, after, after 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> shit just gets sloppy. And uh, I think it was, I think it was me and Eags. Uh, we were on the top of my roof and uh, we had a big fire and we had a bunch of people there we were all hanging out. And uh, the, the cup got a little too close to the, the edge of the house. And I lived in, uh, I had a house in just in uh, Lakeview and in one of the row houses and right in those row houses, it's not that wide. It's probably just the width of the Stanley cup. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the cup fell uh, and it was probably down about four or five feet. And the drop down was probably like 60 50 feet. I thought it fell all the way. So we're like, so oh, that's, fuck. Yeah. We're like you better get this cup back <laughs> up here. So, uh, and if it fell, it would have, it would have, it, the, the cup would have been fucking in pieces. <laughs> No no, 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 It only felt, it only felt like four or five feet, not too much. Um, so we're like, well, we gotta get this yeah. cup back up here. So we had dangling off the side of my, my house and we're like, fuck, we better not drop him. <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> so he, he pulled, uh, I know that wouldn't be good. So we pulled him up, pulled the cup up. We had to get a few pliers to, to bend it back. Wow. Uh, it looked like it was brand new. So I think a lot <laughs> I, I, I think a lot worse has happened to the cups, so that's just sure. one of the stories but
0: so next time I hear anyone say that guy has the cushiest job ever I need to correct them and say no no this guy hangs no. over buildings this guy deals with all kinds of shit
3: uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah like I remember I wanted to take it to a strip club the one time he's like no it was like can't See, take it to a strip
0: the club. trick is you gotta bring it to a you house take it and to there's, there's,
3: there's a lot a of rules that go along house. with it yeah like a child,
1: <laughs> it's
3: Basically, basically oh yeah. The basically, off yeah. The roof. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it, Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he'd do that either. No. He would know once a girl walks in with a little top on, oh, know. little underwear. I think that he'd be <laughs> that like, "Get way. out!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: don't bring a stripper around a child, Kevin. Come on.
3: No, no, no.
0: Or get them started early. <laughs> You got any other funny stories with the cup? Anything else crazy that happened or is, is your.
3: Uh, that's one of them. I'm just trying to think what else at the top of my mind. Uh, there's tons of stories that go along with the cup. Um, I think I might've said another one that was uh, uh, we took it to Wrigley field. The one time is like me, Burish and eager. Um, so we took it to Wrigley and I know our management was like, don't take the cup to Wrigley field. Don't take <laughs> it near there because it's just going to be crazy. And. Even though I know the Cubs weren't doing too good at that time, but uh, but we took it to the bleachers and we had a big party there. I knew one of the guys that owned the buildings in the back there, so I I, I remember we were on the top of the roof. We had the cup there, and there was photos of us with the cup um, hanging over the building. Uh, and basically, everybody in the Cubs Stadium was was just um, was just looking back at us. And then everybody from the Cubs Stadium pulled out pro. Came out of the Cubs Stadium, flew Wrigley, came over to the to, to where the uh, the buildings were, and it was packed with like hundreds of people. And I had to call my cop buddy. I was like, "Hey man, he, like you need to come pick us up because like we're not going to get out of here." There was a mod- There probably was like four or five hundred people in front of this building. Uh, it was crazy, just how nuts it was. Uh, but we brought the cup up, hopped in the cop car, and went back to my place. And then I think that's when the the cup went over the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, one of the, that's just a few of the stories. There's probably more. I heard a quote of
2: I think it was Versteeg and It may have been on the ice right after they won. He's telling someone that we're never gonna have to pay for a drink in Chicago again. Did that end up being true for you guys?
3: Uh pretty much. Uh, uh, not so much everywhere, but I think most of the places that that we go and hang out, uh it's it's they're always great. I know whenever we go back to tavern or anywhere around that Viagra triangle, that's where we all kind of we all kind of hung out uh at tavern and uh, uh Dublin's. Right yeah yeah okay, yeah, so yeah. we yeah so we like whenever we'd come into um whenever we'd come in for like when we were younger like Versteag myself uh a lot of the younger guys uh on that team Bufflin Frazier Birch uh there was the uh the Sutton place there and that's where they always put us up so that's where we kind of all hung out. Um so we'd always go there, like the Pony, the Scout.
1: Niagara uh, Tringle, have you just ever been there?
3: But, a uh But yeah, like there's a few places where you go and people recognize you and they kind of say, hey, don't worry about it.
1: It's Yeah, it's the underground bar. It's
3: pretty uh, much a yeah, college at, 80s party. Uh, up is, uh, I'm pretty sure I have. Where, yeah. Where's the hang-up again? It's
2: like two blocks north
3: yeah that's yeah, why all right yeah 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 it stays open till, it's like six, eight <laughs> nope. except, oh yeah i've been there it's absurd <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've been there it's like, yeah.
0: stanley cup not allowed there <laughs>
3: <laughs> we pro- probably tried to take it there but
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like that basically looks like a shrimp club let's not do that
3: yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so are you still close with any of the uh, teammates from the 10 or 13 team that you keep in touch with
3: regularly yeah yeah we always uh you you always keep in touch with a lot of guys like eager Taves, uh seabrook keith kane kaner like all those guys you kinda you don't don't really lose uh lose contact with any of those guys uh Versteeg, um everybody's always everybody's busy with their own lives so uh you kind of throw a text out here and there to to everyone just to say hey what's going on how's it going so so it was kind of it was oh, yeah. shitty that uh that all this coronavirus and all this thing came uh, came ahead cuz uh we had our 2010 reunion there that uh that got canceled so we were we were all looking forward to crushing a few beers and hanging out uh with a few of the crew
0: Yeah that's a that's a real rough time I didn't realize that 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 was coming up um <clears throat> so do you ever plan to try to come back to Chicago like uh Come like back for free always, drinks all the time. <laughs> no, no,
3: I, I, I always come back to Chicago. Uh, I tend, I still have lots of friends in Chicago, and I, um, have lots of friends there, and love coming back whenever the Hawks are playing. Uh, I, I like to bring a lot of friends there. Uh, some friends that I didn't have at the time uh, that didn't really get to experience uh, the whole Chicago atmosphere and what goes on in the game with the anthem and uh, and everything that goes on in Chicago. So uh, there's some guys that I do know that haven't been to Chicago, so uh coming with me and to experience a few a little bit of it is uh is fun uh and chicago will always be dear in my heart uh i'll always i'll always come back to chicago uh i love it there uh i always hope that uh that i would have stayed there and that i would have uh ended my career there but as a hockey player you know that doesn't happen that's uh it's a business and that's just the way it goes well, to piggyback
2: off that, what did it feel like to get traded to Toronto? So kind of going from the Hawks where you had a lot of success, won a couple of cups and then going to your hometown team, kind of under the microscope there. What was that
3: like? <laughs> well, yeah, 100 percent. Win in the Stanley Cup and then <clears throat> next few days, uh, knowing that you're get, you're getting tra- I kind of knew I kind of knew something was going on. Um, I knew that. Um, that there was rumblings, uh, that I was going to get traded. So I kind of knew it was coming, coming ahead. So I I was always, I was prepared for it. Uh, but I remember Stan called me and said, Hey, uh, how's it going? And Stan just lived down the street from me actually. So, uh, I got to know Stan really well, just even off the ice and on the ice. But, um, he's like, Hey, what are you up to? And I'm like, ah, not much. Just, uh, hanging out. He's like, I was like, I know where you're calling. He's like, "Yeah, you know, you're getting traded. I was like, okay, well, (laughs) I knew that i just want to know where am i going he goes actually uh you'll, you'll probably be happy about this uh you're going back home to toronto so uh, it was sad to leave chicago and to for everything basically i was in chicago since i was 20 years old 19 years old and that was my way like i fell in love with chicago uh i wasn't really a big fan of toronto even growing up in toronto uh and downtown uh but i, I loved chicago so much that I fell in love with it and was wishing that I could stay there forever, but uh, we know that couldn't happen. But uh, I got to go home to Toronto and go back to my hometown and to uh, to play for my home so team. I got a question about that. team that I grew like up I was watching saying before so, uh, we started recording that was that, that was hoping huge. to go that, there to get to my brother's wedding in September.
1: That. If bars are open, where do I go? Like my girlfriend's never been to Toronto, never seen it. Yeah, i we've been there for actually yeah, Kyle's yeah. bachelor party. Where do I go?
3: Oh in toronto uh
1: <clears throat> yeah it's, yeah oh Cor- yeah. no way
3: oh geez i'll have to figure yeah, that out uh i don't really go out club oh well, i know there's a club called e- there's a club called efs e- it's uh it's a good good spot that, that's where i know some people that's there where they we got were a at. good yeah, crew it was, and it's a it's a it party there uh, but there's
1: area there's right, like right.
3: king street uh king street has lots of bars yeah 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 king street has uh there. yeah there's 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 the king there's king street um and then there's like yorkville yorkville has uh like little high-end like like high-end restaurants like lounges um and then like by the skydome uh by sorry well, not skydome rogers center they've got two there, realize, but, uh they've got a few bars there like the spire it's been a while since i've been down there so like
1: the next like two days, we were in Toronto walking around all day for like a weekend. Yeah. Like our third day there, He's like, "Holy shit, look at that!"
0: We're like, "Dude, yeah, <laughs> we we yeah, we drank a little too much. <laughs> we try to go to a oh booth, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you kind of yeah, yeah. We got to kinda the gate and
1: just went much. straight you, to kind of forget where you are, right?
0: So it was a good trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> So
2: when you're playing with Toronto, did you have a lot of friends and family trying to come to every game all the time
3: all fighting over tickets? Uh, so, so you get two free tickets um, when, you, when you're with the team, you so get your two free ones, and then uh, you have, you normally know, get two extra. So in Chicago, I actually had four, I had my two and then I had uh, two or three extra right in a row. Um, in Toronto, that doesn't happen. Uh there's a there's a waiting list for tickets. So I had two down like almost in the fir- first lower bowl. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh I had I tried to get like my Chicago tickets, two right beside my two in like the lower bowl um in Toronto. And they're like, Well, we can't get them side by side. I was like, What? I'm like I play for the team, like can't we get them side by side? And <laughs> they're like, No. Like there's, there's waiting lists and there's a whole bunch of things. And it was like, I'll see if I can find you too close by. He's like, yeah, I was like, I was like, find me too close by. And he's like, yeah, well th- there's these two close by, but just for the licensing for the seats, it was going to cost 50 grand. And then that's not even on top of like your season tickets. So I was like, just get me two upstairs <laughs> uh, as high as you can. And <laughs> my family can fight over those. So, uh, so, yeah. Oh, Oh yeah, it's tough player, right? tickets are tough. Yeah, yeah, tickets are tough in Toronto. Like, like yeah. you can like they, they're they're pricey and uh, just to go to a game in Toronto, like if you were going to take, you can't. Like as a regular family, you can't take your family to a game in Toronto. It's too expensive. Like just with tickets, food, beer. Like a beer is probably what's the beer? What's a beer at the uh, United Center?
0: Yeah. 10 cool. 25. So beer, alcohol in Canada beer, is ridiculous. Canada yeah, we learned that lesson. 25 bucks. Uh, Jeez. Yeah. Oh yeah. It makes me cringe.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay.
2: Here's a hypothetical. Yeah, percent So you've you've won two cups of the Hawks, including the game winner. Say they make it to the finals this year or next year. You call up, you want to get two tickets to say game one of the finals. Would you would they be able to pull that off for you? The in Hawks. Chicago? Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Oh
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like we have like we have like Chicago's great. Like they're they're great with us. And I think uh it was what was a game <clears throat> it was a game five when they played Tampa in 20 when they won it. Yeah. And game six, it was when they won 2015. it. Fifteen did, did they? Was it twenty fifteen? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think we came. I think I had a few buddies, and they're like, "Oh, like let's like I've never been to a Chicago game." I was like, "Oh fuck!" I'm like, last minute, uh, we took a buddy's plane. We're like, let's hop on. Like it's only forty five minutes, or I sorry, an hour from where I am here in London to Chicago. So it's great being close. But um we hopped on my buddy's plane and we hopped on over. And I called my guy. I was like, "Hey, we're in Chicago." He's like, "Yep, just come right in and." Uh, and like, Chicago's great, and they're awesome with with previous players and whatever they need and whatever. Like, they're, they're probably they're, – they're the best organization, uh, hands down, uh, that I've played for. Even pass up the Phoenix Coyotes? Yeah, uh, The only time, actually, I'd, I'd, I'd fly to Phoenix was uh, to do my physical at the start of the year and at the end of the year. So –
2: so what was that like being part of that team for, I, I forget how many years, is it two, three years Did you know, are you any interaction with the team on a day-to-day basis?
3: No, like? no. So I just, so basically, uh, basically for me it was just a money for them to hit the ceiling uh, for them to get to the top of the cap there. Uh, Cause they're under. Um, so for, for me, it was basically just, uh, I go there uh, on the, October fifteenth or September fifteenth, whenever training camp starts, uh, do a physical, and they see that uh, I'm i injured, and that my ankle and my back aren't doing too well. Um, so they uh, okay. So basically, I fly in there. For enjoy
1: the nice weather.
3: Ten minutes, and then hop on a plane and fly right back home.
1: Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense.
3: Uh, well, I was living in Florida, so I was I already had the weather. Yeah, yeah. So there's no point. Yeah. So
0: what yeah. was
1: the transition
2: from two like big time cities, big time hockey markets in Chicago, <laughs> Toronto, then down to Florida? What was that like?
3: Yeah, it was uh, like same, like Chicago's a great organization, original six, Toronto original six. And they do everything to top of the class. So like in Chicago, we wake up, go to the rink. Well, at the start, we didn't get this. Uh, once Rocky came in and things started turning, uh, we kind of got <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we kind of got all like the, the good stuff. Um, so we'd get there, there'd be a chef and you'd get breakfast after practice. You'd have your meals. Uh, basically all you had to care about was dinner on your day-to-day basis. Uh, when we were in Chicago, uh, same as in Toronto, you had everything, everything was catered to you. Um, when I got to Florida, it was a little different. Uh, you didn't get much. Uh, you didn't get a lot of the, the perks of those original six teams and those high-end teams like Chicago and the Leafs. Um, like I remember after games in Chicago, we'd have uh, like Joe's stone crab. Uh, we'd have steaks and lobster tails and uh, shrimp and uh, there'd be famous. so much. Oh yeah. Yeah. Basically. And so like we'd have food everywhere and it was unbelievable. And in Florida, you, you wonder, there was things I've, that they missed. I got missed to be in the visitors it, it locker just wasn't the same. at uh,
1: well, formerly the Pepsi center now the ball arena I used to work for the apps for like a year selling tickets. So I got to at least enjoy their rink and play some pickup there, but I don't want shit on any organization, but what's like the worst locker room setup in the league. Cause you're the first like NHL player that we've had on here. So I'm very curious. Like, is there any rink, is there any rink, like still active in the NHL? that's like, Oh God, like this is horrible showers, horrible (laughs) locker room. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No. 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 Like the visitors' locker room or the the head or the yeah, like the visitors. No, not really. Like, like every rink now is is like a, a half a billion dollar rink. Like the rinks are state of the arts, right? Like, like they're all done nice. Like the visiting rooms are they're not done nice, nice, but they're not done nice enough that you can go in there, you can enjoy it, you have a nice shower, and you can do do the shit you need to do. Um, nothing's Mm. like, there's no rink now that like, like we played, I got played in the AHL and there was some shitty rinks, like no hot water, just (sighs) cold water. Uh, oh yeah. Like there, there was some bad rinks that we played in and like, there'd be only like one shower. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: On the flip side of that, what was your favorite like road game of the year to go to any city you loved playing at?
3: Uh, probably LA. LA was always fun. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. LA was always fun. Toronto was fun. Montreal, New York was, I, I, I'm not a big fan of New York. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of New York. It's too big. Like there's too much shit going on there. Um, everything's going too fast. Uh, so I was never really, it was cool to play in Madison Square Gardens and do the whole thing, but like to go out and to, to have dinner and to enjoy your night uh, either if we were staying over the night before like LA was always fun Montreal
1: I always hear good all things the, all about the, Montreal all the Canadian teams like, like, what's, like all the Canadian what's teams it about with the stadium in the city because we're hoping to go there on like a bro's trip if Canada's open sooner or later
3: uh, yeah, that's probably the <clears throat> if you're looking to go place it's it's Montreal Montreal is probably the, the, the funnest um, their fans are crazy they're nuts they're like soccer fans they're like kind of european uh uh you're kind of you're kind of on the french like the european it's, side so like montreal is kind of like a derogatory torn turn like, term to like and, the french canadians
1: i honestly don't know my my brother rips it left and right and i don't really yeah uh,
3: i don't know either <laughs> does he yeah I, I, i'm not too sure um yeah i don't know about that I didn't really listen in French that much. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, but, but Montreal, if you're looking to go to a fun place, it's like a good time and good city to go out and to have fun is Montreal. It's fun there.
0: So you, so you told us your favorite place to play. Um, what about players? Like who did you love to play against matchup against and who did you absolutely hate to see across from you on the ice?
3: Uh. Probably the fun, funnest was probably the Sadine twins. Uh, that was always fun going up against them. Uh, who'd I always hate? Uh, I know Jumbo, jo, Joe Thornton. He was always hard uh, in yeah. his prime and he was, he was big, strong, and uh, I'm not that big, not that strong. Uh, so uh, it was always a challenge going up against him and Marlo and a few of those guys. Uh, so it was always oh, fun
0: probably doesn't have when he's hacking you <laughs> in the... oh yeah yeah he's almost oh. taking
3: my wrists off at the time so
2: oh yeah so i remember i think it was that same year um but the series before in 2010 against vancouver um seemed like you're really getting under both the Sadine's skins and i don't know what you said but at one point it looked like you said <clears throat> if it's henrik or daniel but got his wires crossed and just went after you after the whistle you were oh it? yeah 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 yeah
3: i i think I, there was a few times that yeah i like I respect them as players and like they're great players, but once you kind of get on the ice, I don't really give a shit who you are. And uh, <laughs> I like, I want to win a Stanley cup. And I like same way with them. They don't give a shit who we are. Like they, they want to win too. Uh, but I, I just, every time I knew I was on the ice with them, I just knew I had to stick them in the nuts or stick them on the leg. And like, if someone was doing that to me half the time, I'd be like, fuck this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to break this guy's leg or break his arm. And you're just going to get sick of it. And I think that's just what it got to is that they just got sick of me, just poking them and staying stupid shit. I didn't really say much to them, um, but I just kept on poking them, kind of getting in their nerve. Like just, I was always in their face. And like you said, like <laughs> people just, you just get sick of it and sometimes you just snap. Right. Well,
0: I mean, then there's a reason off there's a reason they call you the rat and Q loved putting you out there against any of those top lines. Did, did you ever feel like <clears> just <throat> exhausted by the fact that he just was like counting on you to consistently do that to all the top lines against teams?
3: No, not at all. Uh, like I came into the league. I thought I was going to be a goal scorer. I thought I was going to be a, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, like when I came do out with a junior uh, it yeah. I, last year, I had like a hundred and, 40 points, Lit so up. <laughs> yeah yeah so once i got to the nhl i was like fuck all i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna score 150 points in the nhl well it's a little bit harder when you get to the nhl uh, a lot of older guys and a lot stronger guys so uh i had to change my game i had to i had to do different things i wasn't going to be the goal scorer but i could still put up goals uh i was going to do a lot of things so i had to figure out a way to stay in the nhl uh instead of riding the bus in the AHL and the paychecks are bigger and the food's better and a lot of things are better up in the NHL so I was like I'm sick of riding the bus I'm sick of doing shit in the AHL so uh that third line role of being kind of that shutdown guy was was big for our team and I knew when I was in the lineup and I knew if I if I shut down the Sedin twins or Thornton or Crosby or whoever's out there that night that we're going to have a good chance of, of winning the game. Cause that's going to open up room for Taser, Kaner, Sharpie, and a lot of these other guys to, to work around. So, uh, so I, I, Q was the one that kind of got me into that. And he's like, Hey, I think this would be something great for you and you can thrive off it. And I did. And, uh, that's when I knew that that was going to be my role and I ran with it.
2: That was, that was during that cup run. That was probably my favorite line. You led and Versteeg, that third line that was together most of the time. What Ooh. a, what was it about that you guys just clicked that postseason? I mean, you brought offense uh, and had the hardest matchups. It was,
3: <clears throat> yeah, like, like it, it started with me, Lad, and have Lad that 09 yeah. year. So then have didn't come back when I mean, we kind of rallied, stopped that. I think Buff was thrown in the mix, but then, yeah, uh, Steger and Lad, and I think all three of us, like, we didn't really give a shit. uh, like, we wanted to get dirty, we were willing to get in the corners. Uh, we were willing to get do the dirty stuff and we were willing to just play with our nose dirty. And and the good thing about Steger and, and Laddie is that they work hard and they were willing to go in the corners if I was out. Uh they were willing to hang high if I was in the corners. So so we 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 uh we relied on each other really well and we responded really well to each other because we all knew, hey, like fuck we're we're good here, we can do this. And if we play against some of these top lines, and if you play against a lot of these top lines. <clears throat> a lot of them don't play defense great. And Steger, he was still offensively good. Uh, myself, I still had offense. And Laddie still had a lot of offense in him too. So uh, whenever we had a breakdown with either Sadine twins or whoever on those top lines, some of them are like, well, we're not gonna really back check. This is a kind of a third line. But I think our third line still had a lot of shots and a lot of uh, a lot of skill to, to even put the puck in the back of the net.
2: Did you, for Stieg, uh overlap in Florida at all? Or were you off by a year?
3: No, no, he was gone. Yeah, he was gone.
0: Back in Chicago by then? Okay.
3: Yeah, I think he was. Or I think he was, I forget where. I think he might have been in Philly.
0: Right. It's it's the same with the Knights. You missed oh, Kane London? by one year, yeah. didn't you? Could you imagine yeah, you so two Kate- lighting it up with <laughs> London?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so Kate- So we won the Memorial Cup and then... The next year, uh Sam Gagne and Kaner, they're like, well, like, if we could get these guys to come this early, like, we could have another chance. Because, like, we were playing. I was probably playing about, like, 25 minutes a night. Uh, like, we were just exhausted by the end. Uh There was a few of us. But um, if Kaner would have joined us that year, I'm pretty sure we would have won the Memorial Cup back-to-back.
0: Yeah, I mean, he just came in. Did you ever talk shit to him? He came in and casually topped your uh your unreal season. I think it was yeah, he I was did. looking at it earlier. It was like 130 points and then he came in and put up like 145 a year later like no big deal.
3: Yeah. yeah, he just he stepped in and just took took handle of it. So it's pretty cool. Both of us have our uh our jerseys retired there. So uh it's a pretty cool thing to uh to have that as a teammate to go from one team just missing yeah. each other but then going to the Hawks and winning two cups and experiencing and all that is, is fun too.
0: Yeah. That's, that's unreal. So have you followed how the
2: Hawks, the you know, the direction that franchise has gone the last couple of years, you ever, you know, staying up to
3: date with them? Yeah. Not too much up to date, but, uh, I, I always have my eye on the Hawks. So I always see what's going on. It's, I think these are, think are some of their, uh, well, it's not everything's going to be, uh, Great, right? We 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 had those great three years. We had those great we had three Stanley Cups there. We went from it was great. Um, but uh it, there's there's still gonna be changes, right? Like you're gonna have your dark days uh of trying to find that Stanley Cup team again. Uh guys are getting older, Seabrook, Dunks, Kaner. Well Kaner, I don't think he'll ever get older. I think he'll be <laughs> I think he'll be uh I think he'll be 40 and he'll still be doing the same so shit. Oh yeah, next um, generation. K Taser hundred percent, a hundred percent. So like it's, it's, it's tough. It's just tough because you always want to be good, but you gotta, you gotta find those players to fill, fill those spots and take over from when we were there and from other guys. So you're going to have your dark days. You're going to have your bad days. And hopefully they, they, they find a the thing here and they find everything and, and get back to their winning ways.
2: Well, what were your thoughts on, um, when they moved on from Quenville a couple of years ago. And then a second part to that, we all know that Q likes to have his whipping boys. Was that ever you on occasion?
3: No, he never really. No, he was never really uh, on me. He was uh, He was always, well, you can never, like I, I always went against the top line. So The workhorse, man.
1: Yeah, you're doing all the way whip, yeah, You don't <laughs> want to whip your horse. Yeah, That's right.
3: You're, you're the yeah. horse. You're yeah. Not, yeah. That's right. You can't, yeah. Yeah, so I'm out there. I'm doing all that, and but I'm pretty sure Steger was his whipping boy for a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I know, I, I know, I'd be making a lot of mistakes out there, but he'd be he'd be yelling at Steger, not me. Uh, <laughs> it was always funny, but uh, but I, I I don't think he was I, I, like he was a he's a hard coach. Uh he, he's not a guy. He's not like a uh, he's not a hated coach. Uh, he was always a great coach, and uh, I, I think even Steger would say this to 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 today that he still loved them and likes them, even though like he yells at them. But I think, I think you can do that to certain players and they respond better. And I think Steger was one of those guys that, that, that was respond with a little bit of uh, a little bit of shit given to him. Uh, I know with kids these days, like you, know, you can't yell, you can't do a lot of things. You got to kind of keep things a little hush hush. Uh, I know back in my day, like when we were coming up, it was a little smack in the head, get your shit going and figure this shit out. So, um, but uh but yeah, Q is always a great coach. Uh, it was tough to see him leave Chicago for from being there for so long and and winning three cups, but there's always time for change. And all I got traded. Hey, like it's the way it goes, right?
1: Before we wrap this up, I, I kind of want to end it on a happy note. Um, what's what's <clears throat> like the biggest lesson you learned from Q? Whether hockey or life? Yeah. The biggest
3: lesson. Uh I don't know if there's a lesson.
1: Hockey or life, anything. Like, Steger can be your whipping <laughs> boy. That's the lesson.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Steger was my whipping. He was always yeah. Uh, there's not really much of a lesson, but uh, I, like Q was always a great person and a like he he was great to all of us. Like he wasn't great to just one guy or anybody. Uh, like he was he was great with 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 all of us. Um, and he he always pushed us hard and gave us days off when we needed them and that was the best thing about him was that if we went to him and said hey we need this day off he's like take the day off uh if, if we needed to be on the ice he'd be like "Hey, let's go on the ice so he was a great players coach with us and he was always great around us and I think to the day we die we'll always love Q because he's he, he was just the greatest person to to us and to even to the fans uh he, he's he was always the best coach I've ever had uh, in the NHL for sure. Um, but uh, not that there's a lesson, but, or anything, but outside, but uh, that's a tough question, actually. I've never been asked that. So uh, you kind of <laughs> shocked me with that one. <laughs> well, he, he's notorious
1: for like helping guys out with bonuses. So yeah, I could see him being, he's a team. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. Team guy as, as the coach. Oh yeah. He's Unreal. a player. Yeah.
3: Oh, hundred percent. He's a player's coach. Like a hundred percent with that. Yeah. Yeah. But just in general, uh, he was—he was just always fun to be around, and made—made made it fun to be out there. And that—that that was a great thing about about Q. Was that like if you were down, he would always bring you in the room and get you back up, uh, or figure shit out. Like he, he was always—he was—he was always straight to you. He would—he would never beat around the bush and kind of lie to you and be like, "Oh, this and that." Like he was—he'd tell tell you straight to your face, "Hey, you suck tonight. Uh, you're playing like shit. You better be better." And that's what you want to hear. You don't want someone beating around the bush and not telling you the truth. And so he, he, was, he was always great about that. That's awesome.
2: I've got a lighthearted one I'll finish on. Um, how often have you watched your own highlights
3: of you scoring against Boston? Uh, I don't know if I always watch it, but it always pops up here in Canada. Uh, we have TSN and all these networks, uh, sports networks, and you know Canada's hockey, hockey. So um, there's always a top 10 of the Stanley Cup, Game winning goals, it's always on. So, there's half the time that I'm sitting there and it pops on. So, no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so it like during the winter, it's it probably pops on a few times. Dave,
0: you'd that's be awesome. disgusted if you heard the number of times us three combined have watched it. would <laughs> <laughs> be like, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when we think back to like the Stanley Cups, I mean, there's those two goals and that's one of them and like it's like ingrained in our heads watching you put it in, watching you try to <clears throat> pull away, watching you drop the gloves. Like the whole thing is just, it's unreal.
3: Yeah. Anyway, that, like that'll that always be like, I'll always remember that. And that will always be uh, a remembrance to Chicago and to the Hawks and to the Stanley cup. So um, I'm glad I did it with Chicago. Uh, I'm glad I got drafted to Chicago. I'm glad. Um, everything that happened with my career is, was in Chicago. So I was blessed to, to play there and we're certainly glad of that as well i'll tell you that
0: <laughs> yeah uh,
3: thank you thanks guys thanks <laughs> dave thank you thank you
0: so much for coming on the show um, yeah, yeah yeah. it's been it's, blast. been it's been an absolute pleasure it's been a hopefully, blast we appreciate you taking the time to come hopefully, here and talk no.
1: hopefully we'll see you in viagra triangle at some point here
3: uh, you'll, you'll, there'll be a chance you guys to see me if i'm out so <laughs> okay. you know, i'll be in i'll be in wrigley field or uh or somewhere i always like to go out for a few pops so us too if i'm around, if i'm around say hi <laughs> we'll do we'll know do it all right Dave, thanks so much. just carry me home thank you
1: <laughs> absolutely
3: awesome thanks guys
0: you boys. thanks bud have a good one
3: glad. thank you have a good thank one guys you, you too yeah. Bye.